it's like wearing the AutoCAD with pride, you know? <laughs> oh man, did I fucking coast my way through that fucking class? I, I was Tovar playing... was very coastable. Tovar didn't actually. I don't think he actually even checked my work <laughs> ever. He <laughs> was like fucking ninety years old. I just played fucking flash games all day. Every. It was a double-sized class, too, as I remember. I don't actually know how AutoCAD works. Every time I went to that class and saw him, I just thought, isn't Social Security supposed to... (laughs) He shouldn't have to be working right now. What the hell is this? (laughs) Get this guy his fucking Florida condo and let him move out of this fucking life. Oh. (laughs) I hope he's either still alive or died very peacefully in the last, God, how long? Ten years? That that would be ideal. He definitely deserves the peace. <laughs> if you put a submachine gun in my mouth mm-hmm. and said to make a plate in AutoCAD, you would read about my hilarious death in the morning edition of the newspaper. I couldn't do it. I uh, I was making, what the fuck was I making? Like really fucking bullshit looking skyscrapers. Huh. Sky shitters? Bull scrapers? Well, they, they definitely didn't look good. And sometimes I'd be like, ooh, let's round the edges on this bad boy. I know how to use that tool. Damn, if a building looks that bad, you can only put it up in like Boston. <laughs> we love all our Boston weeaboos. Ooh, they're about to need a new mayor. Really? Yeah. Um, he's going to be the secretary of commerce, treasury. Oh God, what the hell is it? Huh, mayor of Boston to the cabinet. Talk about failing upwards. <laughs> I, I, I think that I would actively oppose De Blasio getting put. Anywhere on anyone's <laughs> fucking cab that I'd be just fucking calling Biden's office being like, no, you fool. <laughs> Whatever job you think he can do, he can't. I don't pretend to be the smartest or bravest person in the world. Only like, I don't know, top 50 or something. But I know that if the municipal police force doxed my daughter for... The lulls. Secretary of Labor. He's going to be the Secretary of Labor. Boston's mayor is going to be Secretary of Labor. Well, good on him. He's like an old union guy. Hmm. I like it. I like unions. I like union guys. Union? Oh, this is one of your sci-fi things for your comic, right? Yeah, it's this uh, It's this utopian vision of this uh, idea where, you know, a whole bunch of people, you know, in the same profession could uh, get together and demand rights from their employers. Oh, so it's like if Stalin and Lenin held canes down and doused them in lighter fluid, and then Mao sparked a match. That's how it works, right? I wasn't really prepared to do a riff just now. That's totally cool. That's totally cool. Also, I totally should have used maybe Adam Smith instead of Keynes. I don't know. Probably Adam Smith. He's a little bit more... If capitalism has... A name and face. A name, face, a mascot. Yeah. Anyway, so welcome to Weeaboo Hell. The uh, only things notable that happened this week are all anime related. 
<laughs> and because of the many anime and only anime related things that happened this week, I decided to uh, scale the walls a little and uh, actually revisit some topics. <laughs> so we watched more uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, and we actually watched the movie for uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Which is called Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl, and that is a mouthful in English, huh? I think this episode probably would have ended up being a whole lot more interesting if my feelings on either property had changed even one bit, uh, but they hadn't. I feel exactly as I do, <laughs> exactly as I used to about Jujutsu Kaisen, and I feel exactly as I did about uh, Bunny Girl Senpai, which is to say Jujutsu Kaisen disappoints me given how charming it is otherwise. And uh, Bunny Girl Senpai is very, very good. It's just very good. Yeah, the Jujutsu Kaisen thing is just weird for me. Because I'm not so used to something that is so formulaically constructed on so many other layers to have this one thing that works. And the charm of that humor is a thing that's there. He should just write a humor manga. Something like Way of the House Husband. He'd be great at it. I'll meet him halfway on the shonen battle thing and say he should do, like, a Gentama or some shit. Yeah, okay, fine. Fine, I just... Or, I don't know, maybe just a funny version of One Punch Man. I ever really... Fight me, weebs. <laughs> I had some thoughts about all of this. Some very, very... Several pages in that word thoughts about this. I do like several pages. Alright, so... Let's back up here. A little bit. Mm-hmm. When Sonic the Hedgehog debuted in 1999, sorry, 1991, he was billed as this alternative to Mario with more attitude than the squeaky clean plumber. Uh, he struck a chord with teenagers who did not yet have any reason to be wary of his DreamWorks smile. Sonic was definitely a man for his time. Uh, Gen X was coming of age, and they, broadly, thought that the glitz and glam of the 80s was complete plastic bullshit. They were licking their lips for a band like Nirvana to come along and set fire to the last decade, and you can see that trend echoed in video games. Uh, Sonic in 91, Wolfenstein 3D in 92, Doom in 93. No more synths. Just guitars and stomp boxes now. Yeah, he had the uh, loop-de-loops of revolution going for him. I know. Our favorite Blue Hedgehog enjoyed great success following his debut. He even got a TV show a couple years later. Uh, two TV shows, even. Uh, he thumbed his nose at the soullessly corporate Ivo Robotnik and the cold metallic future that he wished to build. Instead of mushrooms, he ate chili dogs. Sonic was cool. Oh, right. I forgot the chili, the chili dog cartoon thing. thing. It makes me feel like my childhood is a constructed memory. <laughs> He was video games as Bart Simpson to Mario's, I don't know, Mario. Mm. I, I do not know that Bart Simpson really has an 80s equivalent. I'm going to say You'd Mario. You'd have to go to like a walking person sitcom instead of like a cartoon one since they yeah. weren't as codified as a genre, I guess. Uh, well, it's not even like a sitcom character. Just Bart Simpson was the fucking 90s. Mm. Just as an entity. And the 80s, really all I can think of is Mario kind of Optimus Prime and maybe uh, Max Headroom. Ah, uh, Max Headroom. What or Ronald saying? Reagan. <laughs> uh, he's looking up at us right now. <laughs> Sonic's appeal was simple, uh, but elegantly so. Like the humble daiquiri. 
Ooh, we're getting bartender humor into the podcast. I'm into it. It's my favorite cocktail. Uh, but one of this world's most ironclad laws is the law of culture and counterculture. Culture, that monolith, stands tall mm. and omnipresent until it is toppled by a counterculture, which builds itself a monolith of its own, and the cycle begins anew. Sonic was not immune to this. So Sega tried to keep their boy relevant. They really did. But I have trouble thinking of a character who was so cool in its time, and then, almost 30 years later, ended up being remembered with such curdled milk-ass disdain. The semiotic change treated that franchise so roughly. (sighs) To say nothing of the various gameplay level issues they've had and recovered from and had again. It's no use! It's (laughs) no use! It is all so much adrenaline shot into the heart of a corpse. Yeah, throughout the 2000s, Sonic became known for its ill-conceived attempts to continue being cool that only ended up <laughs> turning the franchise into a stillborn, malformed, eraser-head-esque version of whatever cool actually is. Like Sonic 06, right? The laughable attempt to capitalize on... Uh, oh, the werewolf arms! That's not, that's not Sonic 06. Oops. No, Sonic 06 was the, uh, was the one where they tried to make it Final Fantasy X. That, while not admirable, I suppose, is ambitious. Sonic Unleashed is what you were thinking of, where uh, Sonic became a twisted fucking psychopath werewolf. I mean, I guess that's the heart of your point. There isn't really a bottom. Like, they keep finding... They keep finding new ways to be not cool. Uh, The name Sonic became a punchline, synonymous with cringe, and its fandom now only the domain of the socially inept. To this point, I think the adventures of uh, Sonichu actually did real quantifiable lasting (laughs) damage to the property and cemented Sonic in the minds of many as the favorite IP of all the world's Chris Chance. Nuisance lawsuits are a bad thing that companies should stop doing. In terms of survival, Sega maybe should have considered a nuisance lawsuit or two for the thoroughly disabled <laughs> author of Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> there is one moment in this franchise's history that I want to touch on, though. One I've been kind of dancing around. Mm-hmm. This moment, as I'm sure you guessed, is Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, yes. <laughs> what a moment he was. I I have such memories of that gun. Just <laughs> I don't know how universal this is, but in the circles which we run, <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog is the ultimate incorrect answer to the question, what is cool? I can't remember exactly when the term edgy started being used to describe colorblind's attempt at cool. You know, shit just ends up embarrassing itself for the attempt. But I do know that if you could assign a name and a face to the word... Nine out of ten people who knew you were talking about would say Shadow. I think the point where they were doomed was when they decided that he was also going to be a hedgehog. (laughs) And thus, the pun was automatically built in. Like, even in the alternate universe, best execution of the concept of Mm -hmm. Shadow the Hedgehog. He's still a fucking hedgehog. A, he's still a fucking hedgehog. B, Shadow the Edgehog. (laughs) is staring at you <laughs> it's right, right the there. fuck there you can't I, you can't get away from it he is violent unpleasant fond of firearms lacking in charm smoldering with generic rage and can <laughs> and conceived as a means of writing this sort of new metal school shooter underworld trench coat tie that was lurching its way through the world at the time i am convinced that iron man was what finally put an end to that cultural mistake. <laughs> Iron, like I, I, that that seems to be. I was looking 
I was looking at well, it, right? I was what, I was I was going through, you know, Wikipedia articles, I was looking at box office shit, I was looking at just what stuff looked like in the two thousands and when it stopped looking like stuff from the two thousands and I think I think it was Iron Man. I'm pretty sure. It's a fun idea, at least. I remember there being a sort of mystique around when that trailer first dropped. Well, here's the thing. The, the last movie to feature a dude in a trench coat who everyone thought was real fucking cool, I think, maybe don't quote me on this, but I think, was The Dark Knight. I am scanning my brain backwards. Let's call you correct and move on. Um, I, I, I might be wrong, and... but it's the, it's, the, it's the last one I remember. And that was 2008. That was, uh, I believe, the summer of 2008. And you know what? I've learned the value of doubling down. If you are wrong, we will deny until the day we die. <laughs> Maybe we can inspire an army of people who think that I am right. I actually... <laughs> no matter how many lies I tell them. Actually, I'm trying to plan up for a fake conspiracy theory. I'm wondering if it's just bad for the country if I do it now, I think, though. I think, but I'll, I'll figure that out later. I, I don't know if the iron is hot or if the iron is about to explode and you need to leave the fucking building right now. It's it's a really... It looms over me. I think that as an idea, Shadow was fucked from the word go. Uh, the Sonic IP just does not exist in the space they were trying to inhabit with him, and he feels like Sega damn near died from the exertion of trying so hard. Uh, he is a Sonic character with a gun, for Jesus Christ's <laughs> sake. Like, not even a ray gun. It looks like an M16. Fuds correct me if I'm like wrong. It looks like a 14-year-old composite idea <laughs> of, of a, a gun. In-game, and... it's called a gun, like an acronym, like G-U-N. Wait, no, are you, make, are you making that shit up? No. Are you fucking serious? No, it's called the G-U-N. It's called the G-U-N? That's not, it, it wasn't being self-aware. This was 2005. That's a first draft idea? <laughs> the G-U-N. Oh. Oh, that, I think that added three years to my life. <laughs> like that little spark of joy you just gave me. <laughs> to be compared to Shadow the Hedgehog, whose name is sometimes pragmatically shortened to Ow the Edge, <laughs> is something to be avoided. Uh, though Edge is a quality that can be used for good. Uh, Bloodborne, uh, Devil May Cry, Berserk, Black Lagoon. All oh, yeah. fantastic properties. So very fucking edgy, but yet so very fucking good. Is rarely a good thing to be compared to Shadow. Typically, it means you fucked up. I already sort of mentioned this, but all of this is a preamble, by the way. That yeah, we're, we're, we're going into the program. This, this is not everyone. a super eye patch wolf video. <laughs> um, an entire bang, bang. new generation had to grow up in the aughts, play the decades Sonic games as young kids, and remember them fondly enough as teenagers before the franchise's image started to be rehabilitated. Uh, after an hilarious right. false start that I'm still laughing at, the film, based on the character, actually found an audience, and because of Plague was the highest grossing one of 2020 for a minute there. Despite two Rocky remakes in recent memory, that may be the underdog story <laughs> of the last three fucking years. Just Sonic film comes out, does not leak lava into eyes. I just... It's such a fucking unlikely story, given the first trail. You remember that? First I do trailer, remember. Right? I it do looked remember like fucking cats. I, I kind of wish that version had come into the world. I do too, but I would. You know, I'm kind of a mean asshole sometimes. So, 
Well, I wouldn't know anything about being a mean asshole. I just like to. You? No. I just like to live. I just like to throw out some perfectly well deserved comments on people's souls and values as humans. All right. So I suppose Sonic was probably built upon a solid enough foundation that not even fifteen years of humiliating fuck ups could destroy it. It's. It's like fucking Rome. It just indoors in some form. I have a hard time thinking of a property that spent such a long time, that much of a long time, getting the shit kicked out of it and then came back. Mm. Like, do you? I, I can't think of one. A property that got as much shit kicked out of it as Sonic the Hedgehog. That is a high bar. That is like asking for a story of the fucking dark irony of Christopher Reeves falling off that horse. You know what I mean? Like, that is... I just don't think that it exists. I think that... Does No Man's Sky count? No. No. 15 years. 15 fucking years. And it needed to be beloved for years before then. And then somehow come out the other end. If you want to play it backwards, Duke Nukem had a uh, real amusing arc as a franchise. I think it was a different... Different development. It was was different. It's not a one-to-one sort of comparison that you can draw between those two. Uh, anyway, because this is in danger of being a fucking Shadow the Hedgehog episode. Let me... I mean, I would totally do that, but <laughs> I would participate in a Shadow the Hedgehog I don't know why we episode. don't... I don't think it's quite weeby enough. Sonic is just technically not quite a weeb franchise. The margins... The margins get fuzzy out there. All right, so between the original Sonic of 91 and the Shadow of 2005... Bang, bang. Uh, We can glimpse the difference between Attitude and Edge. Uh, The two overlap sometimes, but I do think they are discrete entities. I don't Mm -hmm. exactly want to describe Edge as simply a failed attempt at Attitude, because it has an entire aesthetic associated with it. Uh, It'd feel reductive. For our purposes... To understand Edge, I simply ask you to imagine in the rain a man sits on a ruined vehicle, his katana sheathed, and he just mumbles the words, they took her. <laughs> and then he shouts the words, so I'll take everything. <laughs> I mean, for, for, for my purposes, I'm going to describe Attitude as uh, counterculture distilled into character. Uh, and Edge as a particular attitude characterized by violence, meanness, contrarianism, darkness, and some degree of nihilism. It is also not always countercultural. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Bleach premiered in 2004 amidst long-form shounen action anime becoming the fucking thing in the national U.S. weebosphere after Dragon Ball Z created an entire generation of anime fans in the States. I stand by my fucking statement that you can mint currency against a, like, successful battle thing. Yes. Uh, Preceding it were its counterparts amongst the big three, uh, One Piece and Naruto. Though it's painting with a rather, with rather broad strokes to say this, both of these two shows had a very clean, optimistic, power of friendship, you can do it if you try, feel to them. Its protagonist had grand ambitions, idealistic outlook, uh... They smiled at the camera sometimes. And they, they were designed with bright and warm color palettes, too. 
This was not so in the case of Bleach. Following the example of Yu Yu Hakusho instead of Dragon Ball Z, Ichigo Kurosaki was a brooding teenager who just wanted the world to leave him and his friends alone. Instead of other pirates and other ninjas, um, his enemies were adults who didn't get it and didn't care. Instead of kid catnip, pirates, and ninjas, uh, Bleach's aesthetic was a cocktail of hip-hop, streetwear, and samurai. If you want to borrow a point from the old Eyepatch Wolf, the when the plot had only half stroked out, there was a trackable through line of rebelling against this yes. structure of the spiritual society. And then he decided the fascistic apparatus that they were rebelling against was sweet and that all these characters had to stay around. <laughs> but uh, I might be missing, I might be drifting away from the point about culture, counterculture. No. Well, Taito Kubo's uh, MO was attitude, and for a good minute there, Bleach had it. Uh, Go on, ask for a dumb fucking <laughs> argument how his name was pronounced. <laughs> I know, I've, I've conceded, <laughs> and I'm not the only one to do it tonight. Mm. Uh, it is Wednesday, January 8th. The important thing is that he is crying and doing coke. Somewhere between the supposed death of Sosuke Aizen and the heart, uh, that attitude turned into Edge, and pretty fucking limp dick Edge at that. It was uh, it was not to its favor. Whereas Sonic's issue was that it tried to change with the times and misread what people wanted, Bleach only changed insofar as it became more and more like itself, and thus more and more a parody of itself. It was still convinced, or at least acted, like it was just as cool as it always had been, doing the things that it had always been doing. Drawing the same fashion covers. I don't mind the fashion covers. Those those are kind of yeah. fun. Like, it's clearly... Oh, yeah. They're, it was oh, yeah, clearly, nice. you know, Taito Kubo loves fucking fashion and got a lot of enjoyment out of the fashion covers. And, you know, that... You know, when you absolutely fucking love something the way that he did, you can get some enjoyability out of it, too. Should we look at the Burn the Witch show sometime, or... I guess. Will your system not be able to take that after the whole Kaisen ride? It's just not that high on my list. That's fair. A lot of shit comes out. As for what those things were, as for what the things that it had always been doing were, uh, I'm just going to read off a few advice kubos from like a decade ago here. This is well-tread ground, and I'm taking a while as it is. Mm. All right. Bankais are rare. Everyone has one. The heart. No background. Ten years of training in three days. Rescue arc over, time for a training arc. Training arc over, time for a rescue arc. Give Chad Norhime new powers. One shot then. All according to Aizen's Keikaku. New problem, new power. Shit like this. Uh, uh, I would like to add Aizen to the um, inflection of a blacked. <laughs> These old memes were really fucking hard to find, by the way. Really? I had to do You should have texted me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, I got, got this shit in my back pocket. I don't know where my old image folder is from fucking 2011. <laughs> okay, so this episode is at least nominally about Jujutsu Kaisen, a show that we covered just a couple weeks back, but I elected we revisit because of all the good press it had been getting, and my opinion on it is almost completely unchanged. Uh, it does shit I like in between doing shit that I hate. But the uh, exact flavor... Of shit I hate tastes so strangely similar to bleach. I thought I'd provide some context as to why I find it so distasteful without you, repeating uh, myself. Like, did you like getting the uh, sort of a uh, double meaning insult there? 
taste is similar to bleach. <laughs> Wait, was that subconscious? No, I think I, I accidentally just, just did a really good fucking pun just now. Good on you, good on you. We're talking the press coverage. I would like to call out a specific Polygon article for being a fucking liar. <laughs> and speaking of this show in terms that made me revisit it. And see the same shit for fucking th- three or four more episodes. Uh, they got this, the click. They did get the click. They got the click. This fucking Polygon article, I swear to God. Do you know what it is like to be muling enough to cause gamer gate? Okay, now... <laughs> this fucking Polygon article. They're there. Its angle was that Jujutsu Kaisen is doing things that Shonen has never done before. A description of a show that I would describe as a fucking chimera of parts of shows wielded together. I was yeah, welded I'm, together. Welded, kind of very, very uh, haphazardly stitched. Really, mm-hmm. someone that looked like fucking, I don't know, a little nicer than Frank and Fran. Not to say that that makes it bad, but this article is telling me that I was to, to, to go in expecting new fucking narrative world and like okay. Maybe we judged it too prematurely. No. No, I mean, it's... All the shit that I'm supposed to find cool about Jujutsu Kaisen, I just think is fucking edgy. Like, the tired Bleach kind. And I'm... And I think it's doing this because it's chasing Bleach's spot in the still-only hypothetical new big three. Like, Oda-sensei is only halfway through his life, and I 100% believe that he will keep writing One Piece until he is dead and buried. The big three I, is just a big one plus a bunch of ankle biters until then. I have... I have a theory. Mm-hmm. When that thing hits 3,000 chapters and his sons and daughters are just scribbling panels for him under the gentle whip of a dipping bird, <laughs> Luffy bent at the waist due to his matching arthritis. <laughs> we'll put his hand on a treasure chest and say, it's the one piece. <laughs> and he will open that chest and it will just be a gate to another set of islands. And you will look directly at the viewer and say, it's more adventure. The treasure is more adventure. More adventure forever. And then Luffy Jr. say, yeah, dad, more adventure. <laughs> And put a pillow over Luffy Sr.'s head. <laughs> Fucking why, man? Why <laughs> are you fucking like this? I don't. I don't why do you know. hate people as much as you do? <laughs> I'm leaving a warning for future generations, Sam. It's very important. <laughs> anyway, none of that shit matters. What matters is that Jujutsu Kaisen is being praised for turning Shonen on its head, like you were saying. But I see fuck nothing that hasn't shown up in worse shows before. Mm. Like, make no mistake, Jujutsu Kaisen is better than Bleach. That much is clear, even less than ten episodes in. But it just isn't even half as good as it should be. This is because of its infatuation with the uninterestingly edgy trappings of its predecessor. Uh, to wit. Mm-hmm. Yuji's evil alter ego does not want you to take anything personnel, kid. And the show he, believes we th- will think that this is cool. Uh, there exists... He is 
condensed aerosolized cold steel the hedgehog oh my like not even shadow the hedgehog the the fucking oc version of shadow the hedgehog i think in the prior episode i made a gag about him being a joking man and no he is a more foundations form of edge (laughs) earlier just an earlier era of edge uh, there exists an uninspired and, more importantly, unintuitive glossary of terms for how monsters combat and magic works in this world, and the show fucking knows how unintuitive said glossary is because it spends God knows how long exposing on it. And I still can't remember any of it because it's uninteresting, too. Not to mention fucking massive. They do this fake-out death a few episodes in that no human being who remembers to keep breathing at night would ever buy. (laughs) Even if you're meeting the show where it's at, we already know that his demon half is this impossibly powerful entity. Death is nothing. What the freaking, freaking web... Of course, he's still alive. Uh, The combat... I kind of wonder, in terms of just the idea of tension, because obviously you know you're reading anything, you know the main guy isn't going to die because he's the person that the fucking narrative yeah, this is shonen. this isn't signing is on the corner of even in like the vulgar sign-in series like it's just it's just a pain in the ass to kill the main character that <laughs> these people have families they want to go home to hmm. and this isn't necessarily our, our main point but i really do feel it's sort of tension deflating to really underline yeah, this dude can't really fucking die. It would take yeah. some serious fucking random juju to come down. That's a good point. I hadn't actually thought of that. Yeah. I mean, the combat. Mm-hmm. The combat's well animated. This is MAPPA, after all. Uh, it is colorful. It is precise. The movements and events are generic as balls. Yeah, the internal fight system is boring and cliched. Yeah, as you were saying. Like, like, the absolute fucking lamest part of Bleach's fights. Even more so than the whole, I've got a new thing now. No, now I've yeah. got a new thing now. Uh, was a trope I don't have a succinct <laughs> name for, but I like to call. <clears throat> Welcome to my <laughs> battle zone! <laughs> oh, that so makes me smile. <laughs> yeah, so, to the... Uh, to put this in the most <laughs> okay let me let me see if i can stop laughing at the concept long I've, enough i've got it written down because okay <laughs> this was when the latest asshole reveals his bankai is to create a big black blob that surrounds both combatants and makes the background easier to draw this happened so, more than once and allegedly had an in-universe effect but i don't care you know what the best part about the battle zone thing is What's that? In this, it's not just, like, a type of Bankai. It seems to be a thing that everyone can it's, do. It's just a fucking thing. It's, like, caked in. It's, so we'll it's see a major so many... part. It's a major fucking part of the battle system, near as I can tell. So get ready it's to battle see. zones. <laughs> <laughs> what would your battle zone look like, Sam? I don't fuck. I don't want a battle zone because <laughs> they suck and I hate them. <laughs> All right. Because here's my battle zone. You see, I start exploiting how my battle zone works, and it goes on and on, and you are caught in a temporal loop until you can figure out that I'm just saying words that don't mean anything. <laughs> it's a stunning effect, you see. Just, just the invocation of the trope. Even if... So here, here's the thing. Credit words do, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not just black blobs anymore. They actually animated or draw it or whatever like one dude's battle zone is uh the inside of a volcano or is to make the place look like the inside of a volcano or something yeah just the invocation of the trope 
breaks a personal rule of mine for fight scenes that I laid out way back in the Purgatorio that I did about Isekai. Suck if not. Specifically, it subtracts quite considerably from the weight of a fight. No matter what internal story logic can explain away the idea of battle zones in universe, the sudden superimposition of somewhere the fuck else onto where this fight was taking place until a fucking second ago does more to take one out of the fight and break the illusion that anything happening could be real to you or to the characters involved than fucking the giant fucking laser beam fights that start happening in this show. And by the way, not a fan of those either. You're talking about the physical weight, and that's a problem, and that's true. When it came to that fucking fight, and mind self, me being me, Denard being Denard, Mm -hmm. the fucking McMahon levels of telling you this fight does not matter that went into some things there. Yes. Beforehand, the villain's villainous friends telling him you cannot win a fight against this individual. (laughs) Going in... Every line coming from our threatened hero being, heh, nice try, goober. As if Cold Steel himself were just a patch ironed onto his vest by Chris Chan's mom after hours of pleading. There's something that I very, very strongly dislike about nonchalant combat, dude. Yes, that that was what I was... It is caked into this fight... It's kicked into the way the Sukuna acts. I think in every... I'm worried that 40% of the fights in this franchise are going to just devolve into the guy posing and saying, this fight doesn't mean anything to me. I'm wondering what happens when it's two of those guys fighting each other because the way that the permutations go, it's going to happen eventually. It's just going to be two fucking guys who just don't actually bother to fight one another because this fight means nothing to them. But they still have to, so they're just going to be sitting there kind of just talking about how this is nothing to them. And to finish the point out, the fight ends with him doing whatever with his fucking blindfold thing on a spoiler. Whatever. He reveals he has the power of... Oh, God, they did the a thing where they tried to go for like a foundational force of physics or math. Or the void. He, he has the void of... Infinity and reveals that yeah I could have killed you at any time and this whole for nothing and I'm just sitting there thinking how strongly can you tell me to go outside <laughs> you you are telling me to go learn to code you're you're saying why aren't you learning a skill right now Denard there's something why aren't you improving yourself yeah there's something that I really just don't find at all engaging about a fight which is just a conversation that the two characters are more or less having uh, not necessarily a literal conversation but often yes a literal Mm -hmm. conversation where they are basically calling one another's bluffs in a way no that's not quite it i think i see what you're getting at it kind of feels like replace the word dad with powers Mm -hmm. and it's a my dad could beat up your dad conversation yes exactly but the idea is that you're supposed to reveal as little information about your dad as possible. And somehow, I don't know why the preservation of this information means anything in-universe. Because mostly it's just used as a fun kind of shock externally for the viewer. Like, oh shit, he can do that. Yeah. Why didn't you do that? <laughs> yeah, people really do not believe in... Uh shock and awe in these shows huh 
I'm thinking of just all of my favorite fucking fighting anime bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. You're sort of and the what I love. We're sort of the stranger. Here, no, less Kino than that. Less, less Kino, Kino than, than that. that. Okay. Let's talk about fucking My Hero Academia, right? And mm-hmm. how with Midoriya, right? It's not about you know what he could have always done. It's just what is he able to do without fucking breaking his spine this time? And you know how is that more impressive than two weeks ago? Honestly, when it comes to the sort of hero actor comparison, what kind of comes to mind to my uh, zombified brain? Mm-hmm. There's an argument to be made with a lot of this stuff that the cardinal sin is not doing these things because maybe that's part of some of the core appeal on some dismal level, but they're not really being enough art around it to sort of mask what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, like, these are basically two approaches to one core appeal, which is basically, like, sort of these technical shonen fights, right? Yes. Although, I know, te- Hirakas ended up being a lot faster paced than... Yes, because they... they because they're good. They're quite good, in fact. Yeah. Also, the, the, the battle the battle zone frame of power is really just... Will, will drag things out. You can... Battle zone is going to be remembered as a really bad fucking idea. Like, the battle zone... The battle zone is basically re-explaining a new power system every time there is a matchup in your fucking comic. So but. fucking stupid. It, it's I, I. It's so dumb. Anyway, my point here is, for some reason, on the entire fight circuit, mm-hmm. they just make everything not matter by picking up from a predecessor a thing that made everything feel like it doesn't fucking matter. And I don't know. I guess you repeat the sins of your fucking parents. That's strange. Jujutsu Kaisen uh, started appearing in Shonen Jump in 2018. Good memory on this cat. Bleach had just uh, wrapped up two years previous. So, if I've got the timeline right, mm-hmm. the guy who wrote Jujutsu Kaisen had time to be a massive fucking bleach stand for its entire run. <laughs> and then spend two years working on his love letter to bleach. <laughs> and now here it is. One of the bigger anime of uh, 2020. Yeah, 2020. The author's beautiful skin suit. And it just sucks because... It's so funny when it wants to be. The fucking little post-credits bit where they play fucking soccer with the dude's head. It's great. I was I, laughing. I was laughing real hard. Like that, Every time they make a joke, I laugh for the reason that they wanted me to laugh. Yeah, it's disappointing in a very subtle way, and it's a territory I don't always enter. But I have a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of the people that enjoy media, when they see actors signed to whatever conglomerate film that they are not a fan of, like, you know, we we got the country and ties of the Marvel shit and whatever. Sure, yeah. They treat it as almost a per- as almost a personal loss because I know some potential energy of what they could have been doing at that time. Which is something I find a hard time relating to normally because I am not that good at yoga. My head doesn't fit in my ass. But <laughs> I can almost understand when I am watching or reading i also read a bunch of this if you recall mm-hmm. when i watch or reading this thing because the kind of charm is there in these other areas where i kind of just wonder only for my entertainment if there's like, something that they could have been making with that time energy that was for me 
And that very selfish monkey clangs its cymbals together. <laughs> and the organ grinds on. And the organ grinds on. There was... Anyway, since we revisited three more episodes, and I think we've sort of gone over our, our broad strokes, I just want to go through some individual elements. Some of these we lightly touched on, but I just want to give them the very specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Take the lead. Sukuna's fucking personality for something that is as big to the show. Twisted fucking psychopath. <laughs> it's, it's just... Deeply <sighs> uninteresting. It is deeply uninteresting, which I probably wouldn't ramble upon if... If he wasn't such a large fucking presence in this show and clearly going to be, you know, the sort of main character ask. I mean, if, if there's anything innovative about this, it is the fact that they made the, you know, super-powered evil guy mode of mm. the main character such a major presence as early as they did and as hard as they did it's just such a goddamn shame because he's fucking cold steel the hedgehog and nothing personnel kid and they could have just anywhere on the road of cold steel just turned a little left or right in the way this guy just make it a joke make it a little bit of a joke like you're good at those i I know that you're good at those. I've seen the good jokes on the show. You're good at jokes. Just have it be Cold Steel, except a little bit of a winking version of it. And because I sort of aspire to be a fair critic at some point before I fucking die, I now have to walk back five inches and admit there's one Sukuna moment I was t- I, I really enjoyed. Oh, is that when he, like, killed him fucking instantly in the little, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a point, if you haven't seen this material which might play in the minority of our audience, given how huge this fucker is. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where to get back to life, he's he's haggling in hell, whatever. He's haggling with the demon and gets hot-blooded hero talked into, all right, well, if I defeat you, we go back on my terms. And you're expecting it's going to be one of those, you know, Ichigo fights his sword, half-hour episode things. And Sukuna just waxes him. He just, like, cuts the top part of his head off in, like, about a half a second after he's done talking. And it kind of makes me wonder about the hat trick of, like, maybe you can have your cake and eat it too, these things. Sometimes, like, if there was something, like, idiosyncratic about each of these moments, Mm -hmm. instead of walking me through his entire fight with his classmate in his dark side evil mode, wherein I do appreciate the show bringing me closer to enlightenment, (laughs) as I just... Bring my hands together and say, um. But it's always worth the effort to put a little topspin on these things. You know what I didn't fucking dig either? Was that a whole bunch of the overcomplicated power glossary thing. Decent percentage of that seems to exist as a means of explaining away plot holes. Yeah. Like, if the the world and the uh, mythology was not well enough designed... Or at least not well enough integrated into, you know, the world in which this is set. That they needed to come up with explanations <laughs> for why just everyday people aren't aware of all of this shit going on. So they had to come up with this thing where, I don't know, someone could do a thing where it makes everything invisible to normies or something. It's, I remember it's, they had a thingy doodle field and then... 
the city can be used as a Dragon Ball stomping ground because people fuck off, I guess. Do you know one of the things that just got me in for Chainsaw Man? And I hadn't read Fire Punch yet, so I didn't know the guy was a fucking madman. Mm-hmm. It was just the implication and then direct execution that the crazy setting demon stuff was just known to the world at large, fucking the world at large up. <laughs> Everyone hates it. Everyone wants it to stop happening. <laughs> It's a massive fucking problem. It is probably part of every politician's platform is how they're going to fucking deal with these fucking demons. Like Mitt Romney is on TV saying that he's very disappointed in the president's plan for stopping the demon battles. (laughs) And then we'll vote to renew them. I wonder if he runs again in 2024. It's not impossible. It, it seems more possible now than it ever has been. The man has postured at length and at great effort. Mm. Anyway, I want to talk about that bit and, I don't know, all roads lead to Chainsaw Man at some point in my brain. Okay. Which I'm really happy to because I always worry that I'm mentally calcifying. Like, Am I just someone who can't enjoy new things? I'm just a dude who has been trying... So goddamn hard for like three episodes not to have every road lead to, oh my god, guys, the new Attack on Titan season. Yeah, yeah, so it, it's it's good to not be dead yet. I really enjoy the new AOT theme song, by the way. So we're going to switch to the AOT fan cast for like four seconds. The AOT fan cast for a couple seconds. Yeah, no, it's so fucking uh, dreary and spooky. I even been playing that song in Beat Saber because it's cold and I'm giving myself a vitamin D deficiency with the coronavirus. What happens when you're vitamin D deficient? I'm going to find out. Besides being a massive bitch. <laughs> oh, here's me getting bullied on my own show. All right, so we got two shows. I'm going to dial us over to contestant number two. Technically three, if you count waxing about Attack on Titan for a second there. Just one second. Mm-hmm. No, because the joke was that... <laughs> the joke was that if you're lacking in... It, it'd be like a misogynistic insult. Like, you would, like... Oh, lacking in vitamin D. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Ugh. I just, like, I couldn't let that one go unexplained, I guess. I was just thinking that... I'd have like coward bones. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 way dumber than that. We just all want you to know that it is established weeaboo hell policy that your value as a human being is decided by the size of your genitalia. This no matter what kind of genitalia those are. Every gender and origin of the genitalia, by the way. Like, you better be carrying, like, coconut ovaries if you want to get star <laughs> on Weeaboo Hell. Or Bunny Girl Senpai. Or actually, no, Bunny Girl Senpai is nowhere near the title of this movie. It's Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl. We're just going to shorten that one to Rascal. The Rascal. Oh, yeah, it is, this is the Rascal motion pick. Well, I liked it. So, controversial take, a real twist from my earlier opinion. While before I really enjoyed its take on the whole rom-com business, I really enjoyed this one's take on a basically a cancer movie. Cancer movie, and then it has fucking time travel shit. If I have 
anything just out the gate negative to say about this is that I had to have to look up the Wikipedia article after I'd watched it just to make sure of everything that I had just watched because it does get right. complicated eventually. Yeah. Main knock I would make against this film is that from about 80% of its run to about 87% of its run, it is just sort of throwing its cards out there in this time travel game of Blackjack. And I understand how it happened because it decided to take its time with all the emotional beats, and I guess that's ultimately what fucking matters. Mm -hmm. Because with the time travel stuff, I think people generally just look at the outcome and say, okay, they figured it out or they didn't. (laughs) But yeah, not perfect. It just works. It just works. It is a bit cleaner than the way that Marvel Comics does it half the time. I, uh, if there's one sort of thing, they do this little misdirect mm-hmm. on the way into this to this movie where in an effort to shield the protagonist from the truth, right? Shoko lies and says that she's a tulpa. Uh, and the misdirect... Only really just confused <laughs> me um, because I was like, see, see, I told you guys, I told you she's a Tulpa. And then later on we learned actually it's a form of time travel. And I'm thinking, ah. Oh. It uh, does compound the 52 chronal pickup. <laughs> My head hurts. I mean, all the emotional beats were like super fucking there. This was, this was a good, even great movie. But also, I wasn't smart enough. Argument to be made that it lands maybe better than the show as a composite, just because, like, it has... I mean, it's basically focused on its sort of three strongest characters. Oh, you liked how little Kaede was there. I liked how little Kaede was there. (laughs) I liked how this version of Kaede did not talk... Like, there was a jumper cable attached to her boyfriend's <laughs> testicles that went off every time she was quieter than Carmella taking a fucking DDT. Oh, that's a very good thing. It's very fortuitous that you mentioned wrestling because sparks get worked. Yeah, you're right. I hate X-Pac. Congratulations. <laughs> I fucking hate X-Pac. They did it. No, no, but I would even say that, like, Shoko, Sakuta, my like that trio for me clocks in better than my sister's sort of arc does. She was fine. There was yeah, no... she was fine. Like she wasn't Yeah, that's the thing about my sister. She's as a character, there's nothing wrong with my sister. She's fine. She's fine. I think um Futaba and um Togo We were talking about names and how I cannot fucking retain Koga. Koga. Koga, yes. Koga are Probably more interesting characters. Mm. Especially Koga. I like Koga's oh, character. Koga was a lot of fun. I, I think I keep talking about that. but There's, some, there's kind of something about the reverse romantic underdog that mm-hmm. is quite entertaining. I ran out of shit to say about this movie really fucking fast. <laughs> like, I, I kind of just fucking blew my fucking load on the... Uh, on the fucking Jujutsu Kaisen half of this episode. It's going to be more than half, clearly. All right, so cool. Denard leads a dance now. It's going to get a little dumber. Cool. Something that I enjoyed about this movie. We're heading into hard spoiler zone, by the way. So if you're going to watch this fucker, I don't know. I mean, we're already leave. in hard spoiler zone when Run I mentioned away. time travel. Fair enough. It's been out for like a year now. Who cares? Yeah. All right, so because of the time travel thing, mm-hmm. this had a fun benefit that a lot of cancer movies look at the pull, which is that it got to pull... 
sad time permutations of each of the three dying and the other two surviving. That's true, yeah. And that is not something that fucking Magnolia gets to do. Was it Magnolia or Steel Magnolias? Were those both cancer movies? No, Magnolia was just the Paul Thomas Anderson kind right. of kind of melodramatic thing. Apparently, um, before he died, it was um Bergman's favorite film of his. Like Bergman was just that. a giant uh, PTA fan. Hmm. But yeah, so this got to like imagine you're watching a decent cancer movie, and you see first just the dad die and the mom and the daughter beside him just shaking their heads. So exactly. And then you heard Yugi Moto shout, Time Magician! <laughs> and then it's them standing by the mom. They're like, man, that's a Time Magician! <laughs> and then it's the little girl. They're like, what kind of sick fuck made this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Which the tone is actually probably two steps lighter than that implies, but it gets at least a scene out of each sort of permutation. I found that was a... I thought that was a cool use of genre and medium. Well, yeah, it's a really way. good way of making of using the kind of sci-fi sort of thing to do the thing that you've been out to do with the setting. Yeah, with the premise. Uh, so it's it's a really fantastic example of the of the movie not having an identity crisis of it knowing exactly what it was about and exactly what it was out to do. That is an astute way of putting that. <laughs> And that is, um, I think, just why Bunny Girl Senpai worked as a show and as a movie in that it is amazingly focused. It is very singular in its mission and what it is setting out to do and how it is going to accomplish that. And it manages to do that both imaginatively and also in a way that does not require that much sitting around explaining things that is true i think even how little sitting around explaining things might be a side effect of a certain type of storytelling style or effort Mm -hmm. because i could easily see lacking confidence in your audience and tripping over yourself drawing diagrams what i liked is when they were looking to explain why these things were happening it was more or less in-universe thought of as, yeah, this is like just a pseudoscientific hypothesis here, but this could be why. I don't know why actually. He's like, hey, here's our best dart at the wall. Take it or leave it. <laughs> because, you know, at the end of the day, they're teenagers. They're teenagers who read more about quantum physics than regular teenagers, but they are at, they are teenagers. <laughs> and they can only guess at this because they're not fucking, this isn't fucking Steins Gate. Oh god, I remember when Nerd Girl had to guess at the quantum phenomenon happening happening to her. <laughs> that was very amusing to what me. What a fucking existence. Yeah. But yeah, I very much enjoyed this film, and with the various genre modifiers, evidently I just need some kind of recondite academic bullshit or karate to come. <laughs> or punchlines. But this was actually... I shouldn't take punchlines away from this because there was some very funny shit in this movie, by the way. I was laughing so hard at one of them, you were worried about the landlord. Yeah, yeah, I thought I might have to record this from a new location when <laughs> we were laughing at the fucking movie. So yeah, I really enjoyed this film, and Jujutsu Kaisen is still incredibly middling in a lot of areas with one thing that's working that 
just gives you that sort of wistful feeling of could have been a contender. Well, that's an act. I can get through Jujutsu Kaisen mostly angry and then, you know, kind of forgetting how angry I am because they pull off a really fantastic gag and then angry again because they won't shut up and they're doing bleach shit and there's fucking anime laser beam fights. I don't like anime laser beam fights very much, Denard. They remind me of Gundam Seed Destiny. Oh, man. Beam spam Jesus indeed. I will leave our Jujutsu Kaisen theory with, despite my attempt at moderation this episode, one really mean theory about this show's success. Alright, here we go. They have been feeding you people so much unleaded isekai garbage for like three years. (laughs) That when like a pop rock fucking manga comes out, that just isn't full of used needles you glance up at the fucking anime sphere and say see he really loves me he gave me jujutsu kaisen look i mean it is true i would watch this every single fucking day of the week you know against i don't fucking pick fucking one of them re-zero slimy zakai any of them so i i guess what i'm saying is that you people are like abused pets. <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen is doing things that no shonen has done before. Eat my ass. No, Alright, this no. is Weeble Hell. I hope the president drowns in cum. I hope the vice president drowns in cum. I hope the Republican caucus drowns in cum. I mean, that is exactly what it is doing. <laughs> and it makes me smile. <sighs> it's Weeble Hell. It's Weeble Hell. Keep yourselves safe.